Hi everybody, welcome back to The Everyday Hair Colorist. Today, my guest is Nikki Pope. She runs Tribute Magazine in seven different publications since 2005. She launched the Tribute Show in London, which regularly fills out at 800 people in the audience, running every October. In 2010, she launched the Respect brand, which includes a fortnightly newsletter, which goes out to thousands of people. And 2014, she launched Hair Club Live, an online community for hairdressers with an open chair night. And then in 2016, she launched Color World, an event for hairdressing professionals. It's a two-day program, education shows and competitions. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, nice to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, that is massive. A a (laughs) one-woman band doing all of that. Well, you make it sound as though it all happened overnight, but that was quite a long period of time you were talking about there. So yes, I mean, it's, it's uh, 10 years. Yeah, so I came into hairdressing, gosh, in the 90s, actually, and started as um, a journalist. And But I had already worked in the music industry for a long time, and previous to that, in the city of London, of all places, in the marketing role. So I'd, what I brought to journalism in hairdressing was a commercial sense, And I'd also worked for a music agency doing lots of live events. So I think my sort of motif has been to bring the live to hairdressing journalism. So a lot of the things you've talked about there have been either online or live events that I've created. It's amazing. So let's start off, let's run through all of them so that the audience get to know you a little bit better and get to know those events. Let's start off with... Tribute magazine. Now, Tribute is super glossy. You could verge, it's virtually a coffee table book in itself. Where do you think that sits with hairdressers on the high street, the main street, a little hairdresser in a village, a, two, a two-person shop, or a big high street chain? Well, Tribute is a very focused publication and it's not meant to be for everybody. It's very highly aspirational. So we produce Tribute magazine for the top, well, top 25% of the industry. Um, It's really born out of the fact that everybody's got so much better at photography and visuals and creating these gorgeous salons. And around the year 2000 and gosh, whenever, uh, five or six, when it was first launched in France, there was no real platform for these fantastic photographs. Uh, to be shown. So the founder, Mike Vincent, launched Tribute Magazine. And Tribute Magazine is a showcase for the best of the best whether it is salons, whether it's hair work, whether it's shows or events, and it quite simply is the best. Yes, because inside there, it isn't just hair pictures, is it? There's also interiors and lovely lush interiors and conversations with people and things like that. Yeah, so Tribute Magazine is not a how-to-do hairdressing magazine where other trade publications focus on helping you to um, improve your craft or to to grow your business. Tribute Magazine is really a showcase for high achievers, award-winning, it's aspirational. So it's really saying in order to aim to be the best, you need to know what the best is. So Tribute Magazine is entirely picture-led. We don't publish anything unless the photography is amazing. And you reading, looking at it, you look at it before you read it. So you study the photographs, you're drawn in by them, which is really what hairdressers do naturally anyway. You'll only read something if the photograph or the image that goes with it is interesting. That's lovely. It's very true as well. (laughs) 
What would you say to um, people who would want to get their work into tribute? What advice would you have for them? Well, (laughs) it's very difficult because we are able to be very selective. We publish quarterly and we are a lookbook as much as anything. So it is about the beauty and the photography. And we are also international. We have editions in France, UK, Belgium, Holland. Uh, There is an edition in China now, actually, which is, is recently launched. So we are able to draw on work that's sent to us from all around the globe. And we really do select first on whether an image, whether it's a hair look or whether it's a salon, is utterly absorbing in the first place and then we sort of narrow it down and then select from that so our portfolio of say um, 40 pages in each edition which is purely just hair photography will have been selected from hundreds and hundreds of images so I think to go back to your question to aim to be in tribute magazine first of all study the magazine and, and try and sort of feel how beautiful it is and really understand that if there's one word if an image is not beautiful whether it's a product image or whether it's a salon or whether it's a person if it's not beautiful it's not coming in right so first of all take a good look and figure out what it is and then start working towards that but there there are other other avenues to go to get your work exposed anyway within all the companies that you work in aren't there so respect so respect was launched really to be um like the chatty little sister for tribute magazine so if tribute magazine is the beautiful elder sister who just arrives at the party and she's looking fantastic and all the heads turn to look at her as she walks in the room and people say oh my goodness isn't she gorgeous doesn't she have great style respect is like the little chatty sister or or the sort of the best friend that potters along beside and says oh yes she is beautiful isn't she now let me tell you this is how she's achieved that and this is how she got to be so gorgeous and this is what she bought and this is how she's put it together so respect is the explainer right that's a nice way to put it isn't it (laughs) yeah I think that's we do we have a very personal feel to all our, our projects and our products and I think that to me that sums it up so respect is the one that will be your friend Tribute is is the person you might want to emulate and aspire to be, but tribute, uh, but respect rather is your friend who will help you get there and who will explain a bit more about the industry and how things work. So we launched Respect to be initially a newsletter that went out fortnightly, and again, like Tribute, it's very highly selected. So we would choose the best eight stories going around the industry of that fortnight period and email them direct to people's inboxes and they explain more and they are more educational and that grew to be an online site called respectyou.me and I think again that's another choosing the name we thought that you know you you um pay tribute to something but you earn respect so that's kind of where the names come from clever very nice I like that that explains so well so respect is also an online platform Yeah, so Tribute Magazine started as a print edition and it now does have its own website. Respect started as an email newsletter and that also has a website, respectyou.me. And that's much more of a hub, more chatty, more educational. And we feature, obviously online, you can put a lot of things in. Yes, yes. And looking for content always for online. Everyone is, aren't they? So with respect... With respect, if somebody wanted to pitch an idea to you or to send in some images for you to have a look at and with the possibility of you pushing them, can any hairdresser contact you through the the Respect site? 
Yes, on the Respect site, you can sign up to the newsletter. So it's free um, and that's by subscription. So I think we have 11,000 or more subscribers at the moment. You can contact us. There's email addresses everywhere and also on the bottom of the newsletter. And we need content. We need ideas. Um, we're, we're journalists and, and media people. We're not hairdressers. So we rely on hairdressers to send us ideas, to send us their material, to engage us in stories. And we're really happy to talk through and, and to give feedback as well. I spend a lot of my time um, responding to people who might have sent me things and perhaps they're not quite what we're looking for or they might be that I can see a way that they could improve on what they do. That's lovely. So you're nurturing people as well along the way in, in yeah. that capacity. So for all of you out there, if you want to get featured in Respect, that you know what to do now. That's really nice because everybody yeah, loves to absolutely. see their work published. I mean, there's nothing, there's something quite thrilling about it, isn't there really? Or an idea that you've got and seeing it. I think sort so. Of, yeah, lovely. Essentially, hairdressers are people people in this, more than anybody else I know. You wouldn't be a hairdresser if you didn't find other people fascinating and interesting and want to help them. And those of us that work in the hairdressing industry have also got that similar sort of, um, you know, we like sharing, we like bringing things on, we like nurturing things and, and enabling people. It's really nice because the other day we were talking to George Driver, the L Digital Beauty Editor, and she was also saying that they are totally open to ideas and trends being pushed into them for them to look at as long as they felt that it fitted organically and was true rather than a micro tweak or something. And th th there was a conversation there. So that's really nice, I think, for the audience to know that, you know, even if they don't have a PR, that they still can, you know, work towards these things. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you guys are our eyes and ears. So you bring us the the material, the ideas, the content, and then we shape it. You know, it's sort of like you are the ingredients and we perhaps make the uh, make the lovely concoction and the appetising things for you to all enjoy. All right, let's go, let's go to the subject of Colour World, which is the one that I think was the slight game changer in the hair show event type, the hair event type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It started in 2016. I remember it because I did something for you then in, in right. Dalston, wasn't it? It's still in Dalston. Yes. It's still in the same venue. So um, we, I wanted to, I, I was frustrated really by how the industry events uh, calendar had not really evolved I didn't think and really kept pace with how people like to experience things so I f felt slightly frustrated by sort of almost you know I could tell you what the calendar was going to be every year and yes. what every event was going to be like so it just felt a little bit um, tired at the same time I was very interested in the way the theatre had evolved to bring in things like immersive theatre where you could go along to see a, a performance and actually be part of it and and explore in a venue um you would find a different story than the person you arrived with if they'd gone a different way. So I wanted to marry that together. And I then found a venue in East London. It's an old warehouse, which has become linked to an old school, which is linked to an old factory. So, And that really set my imagination going. So I created Colour World to be an immersive event for colourists, where you have um, people such as yourself and, and 
colorists and people who are very well known and very well established in the industry but they're very um you're you're part of the presentation but the audience is also part of it as well so they can join in and come alongside you and really join in it's very accessible color world isn't it that's what i think it's not a it's not one of those things where if if you haven't been you must go guys because it's not one of those shows where there are platforms and people are on them it's very much you could be doing a demonstration with people stood around you it's and there are there are all sorts of different aspects to it that but it's very very intimate isn't it yeah absolutely so we describe it as being anti-zoo now what i mean by that is that at a zoo you might have barriers or glass uh, partitions or fencing or cages which separate you from the thing that you're looking at so we didn't want to have anything like that we didn't have any barriers and we have no stages and no platform so you're on the level yes so if you're wanting to watch somebody work or listen to them you literally stand next to them as you would in the salon if they were demonstrating something to you so that's there are no barriers it's that it's it's entirely um, you can walk around, discover where you want to go. The rooms are free flow to the point where even in the seminar room, you the door is always open. So um, you know how in a gallery, sometimes you might go into a little room where a film is playing and you watch it and you're engaged. So you actually stay and watch it as it starts again. But if you're not engaged, you move on. And yes. that's the way we, we keep all our rooms at Colour World. I thought that's good. Now, all the rooms are free. Only, you only It's your entrance fee to get in there, obviously. That's right. So I wanted it to be anti-zoo. I wanted it to be one entrance fee so that you weren't being sort of hijacked as the day went on and having to pay to get into this or to get into that. We um, It's relatively small, so the venue will only ever hold maximum sort of eight or 900 people at any one time. And that's spread over rooms which might be small workshoppy rooms or they might be the big film studio because the venue is actually really a film location studio which allows us to have lots of different kinds of spaces there. Um, we wanted it to be daytime. We wanted it to be very much colour focused. So it doesn't stray into general hairdressing. It's anything to do with colour. Um, which might be people who support colourists, uh, brands who make recycled things. and But as, as long as it's very colour-focused and it's educational, not sales. So you won't find anything to buy there. Yes, I think that's, that, that's cool anyway. And I also thought, what I thought about it was it's the same as when I do an education event. I hate being on stages where you can't, when it's an us and them. I love it in a room when you can be there and people can wander around and talk to you and film you. And it's much more immersive. And I think it's also, there's much more of a, a connection between the yeah. artist and the people watching too. We know from the feedback every year that that's one of the key things. People love being able to meet people and really talk to them and really, you know, catch hold of their idols and people that they, they really respect and admire, that you can actually stand next to somebody and really ask questions and use your own um, phone to film what they're doing you can um, network there's a lovely big food yard we've been very lucky with the weather in the past few years so hopefully we'll continue to be um but yeah it's very much like it's got that slight festival vibe if you like yes definitely and that's really what we wanted and we're supported so this year I started off with only um you know there were some very brave names in the industry who came alongside me in the first year and really put their trust in me but it's really worked and now this is going to be our fifth year and currently we have 21 different color brands on board to sponsor the event this year so I'm really proud of that well done you that's that's big isn't it that's big <laughs> now all of these three brands we've got color world 
obviously, which is, you know, it is the decade of the colorist, even though we're going into the second decade, color is so massive. Then we've got... Yeah, res- and oh, and Colour World, by the way, does have a website now as well. So colourworlduk.com is an all-year website which dovetails with the event. So it, it is an event, but it's also a website. Brilliant. Good news. Then you've got Tribute, and they both have awards. Yes. Now, this year you opened up the Tribute Awards in the UK, and I was like, ooh, what's this going to look like? And I sort of was, you know, a bit slow to the game on that one. I was like, no, Tribute wouldn't want... I don't think I fit the Tribute vibe. Talk to me about the Tribute competitions, because it's competition time. People are always entering. Hairdressers always love these things. Yeah. So the Tribute Awards are called the big one. Right. And the... The logo is an elephant standing on top of the world because that's what we want you guys to feel like. We want to feel, we want the winners of our awards to feel absolutely on top of the world. Right. Um, so we have seven trophies in the Big One Awards. They've been established in France for about 10 years and I brought them to the UK in the autumn of last year. We have seven categories and they are absolutely for you, Jack, and anybody listening. The, we have a category called commercial colour, the big one, right. the, the one for colour, um, the one for styling, the one for um, salons. So there, there's a salon design section as well. And then of the seven trophies, the winner that we select a winner from among those seven winners. So there is really the big one. So there is an overall winner each year. And the difference with the tribute trophies from a lot of others is that we ask you to submit a selection not a collection of photographs and that is a point of difference so we are asking people in each category to choose several photographs that portray their work in whichever field it is so we have the big one for color we have the big one for commercial hairdressing we have the big one for salon interiors so we're not asking you to have to go out and shoot something specially and do these have to be uh shot shot photographs or can they be pictures that people can take that are well done on their phones or how how are you looking at that i think that it's your discretion whatever you feel best portrays what you do and what you would be happy to see up on the big screen we present the awards at the tribute show in the autumn of each year we have a massive floor to ceiling screen on a west end theater stage so if your photograph would look good up there then by all means, all right. submit it. Basically, it's open to it's open to all of us. Yeah, so I, th- I feel that these days, you know, I think it's a little bit um, passé to expect people to have to do something specially for a competition. Right. I think that the more useful competitions, um, which is the bit, the motif with the big one and also with the Colour World, Colour Genius Awards, is they're a bit pointless and less they are useful to you as a hairdresser be that as a colorist or a hairdresser or a salon owner. So they need to represent what you do for your craft. So why would you need to shoot something specially? Well, and it's also incredibly expensive to do a shoot. I mean, you're looking at a minimum of sort of £8,000 upwards. Oh, yeah, you know. and the rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you try, everyone tries to do it on a tight budget. So it's very, very expensive. So it's nice to see awards that are opening up to something that's a little bit easier for people to or more financially manageable because it means more people can compete absolutely and I think you know that's 
in an ideal world, it's a bit like, you know, haute couture, I suppose, in the fashion world. They are the show-off dresses that nobody's ever really going to wear on the haute couture, whereas the sort of press-a-porter would be the things that actually represent what you do and what are going to filter down to the high street and what are going to, you know, make your mark as a designer. Nice. Some good analogies from you today, I must say. <laughs> Love it. So this, Ooh, I am a journalist, you know. <laughs> yes. So th- let's segue into, because it's a perfect segue, into Colour World and the competitions in Colour World, because last year was the first year. And it was really, I thought, sort of groundbreaking in what it expected. And because it was so colour focused, I was like, yay, it's not about styling. Obviously, it's, got, it's still got to be styled nicely, but it's about colour. I believe, I believe that we are really the only independent, completely independent colour awards event that I'm aware of, certainly in the UK. So while we have support from various colour houses as general sponsors, none of the categories are sponsored. The contest is entirely owned by us at Colour World. And we wanted to reflect what was really happening for colourists in the industry and again related to your work in the salon. So the categories are Colour World, Colour Genius, um, Commercial Colour, for example, or Men's Colour or Creative Colour. We have a colour correction category because clearly that's a massive part of of being a colourist as well. So colour innovation, which would be your techniques, the balayage style things, you know, the the colour blocking, the placement of colour as well. So I think that was really what fired us to create the awards. And it was very well received last year because there were people entering from all over the country um, and uh, all different levels, but people really felt that there was this somehow affinity and that it spoke to them. Somehow it sat really well in the hearts of hairdressers across the land. Yeah, I think so. Well, we had by then run Colour World for three years and so I'd listened a lot um, to what people had to say. We invited various people such as yourself to comment about putting them together in the first place, what kind of thing would work. We ensured that we have colourists judging at every stage so I think that that hopefully is why we got it right from, from the start. And we've had a bit of fun. We've called it the Colour Genius Awards. So every year the, the trophy is a, on a, the theme of a colour genie um, and has a lamp. So last year, I know you won our colour, commercial colour. I did trophy. indeed. I was so thrilled with that. But, I can't tell you. <laughs> well, they're lava lamps last year in 2019. But for 2020, they are Aladdin's lamps. Oh, wow. So little oil lamps. So... We're uh, having a bit of fun with that. But yeah, we want you to to display them and we we want your clients to relate to them. So it's something that when it's sitting on your shelf or your reception desk or on the side at work and somebody says, what's that for? It means something to the client in the chair. Yes, really does. I mean, I got loads of congratulations from clients and I stuck that at reception. Obviously, I asked Paul and Yasha and they were very happy to have it there. And lots of clients are like, oh my God, that's so cool. That's so nice. And, And it, for me, it just resonated with me. I was like, oh, this is something that I could actually really truly enter and and be good with yeah the um this year what's the response been like this year obviously we've gone into corona now and the competition (laughs) the competition actually closes today doesn't it because it's the 31st of March today 
Yeah, as we're recording, it's it's closing today. We've we had a massive response already, but certainly in the last ten days, we've had a big surge because people are, are at home, sort of trying to find things to do. And again, it's very easy to enter the Colour Genius Awards, so you can literally upload pictures online yes. to a website. So again, we've we've tried to make it very easy. On some of them, there's a certain amount of writing involved because you need to explain what it is that you've done, but a lot of them are, are picture only. We do have two categories open now for a couple more weeks until the 15th of April. One is the Colour Communicator, which is a new category for this year. And that is asking people to make a short film on their iPhone or their smartphone to talk about their work as a colour educator or a presenter or somebody who communicates colour. And I don't mean just on social media. I do mean partly on social media, but perhaps also on one-to-ones or presenting to an audience um, as well as literally putting up lovely pictures on Instagram. Right. And then the other category that remains open till the 15th of April is the Colour-tastic. So we have a Colour-tastic trophy. And for that, you need to submit a 90-second film, again, made on an iPhone or a smartphone. It's absolutely fine. Just called This Is Me. So as a colourist, this is me. This is my world. This is my work. This is the clients this is the where I work this is what I do and it's just lovely to see the creativity that comes out of that that's brilliant and again these categories are for all sorts of hairdressers and colorists in the country it's not just for what you might think listeners as like people that you're not going to be it's for open to everyone whether you're in a, a one person or you're working for 20 people or you're working for 60 people it's absolutely inclusive Absolutely. So I tried to make them so that you don't need the support of um, your salon owner. You don't need the support of a brand. You don't have to invest um, financially. It's more about investing your time, your energy and your skills into entering these awards. So I wanted them to be much more egalitarian. Love it. Because sometimes even the the entries for some of the awards, they can end up costing a lot of money once you go to a designer and get the book together and stuff. So it, that can be off-putting to people who are on a tighter budget, definitely. Absolutely. No, I think this is a bit more like, you know, it just makes it accessible. If you're in a very remote area, um, up a hill in Wales, you can enter just as well as somebody right on the high street in the heart of London. Well, in fact, my internet's not that great. So they're probably better in the top of Wales. (laughs) You've moved the date for Colour World, haven't you? Just quickly on that one. Yes. So being sensible, we would normally have Colour World in May and it became apparent a few weeks ago that that was looking a little bit um, unrealistic, not only about us all getting back to work and being allowed um, to forget the lockdown, but also once you guys get back to work, you really need to catch up with your clients and really kind of get get the world back to rights, if you like. So we've moved Colour World to the first weekend in September. So the 6th and 7th of September in the same lovely venue in East London. And with the tickets are on sale, but obviously we're not, you know, unrealistic. We expect there to be, as soon as we're allowed back out to play, I think that's when uh, you should really make your mind up and and book the date if you can, because it's not a massive venue. So each year we do sell out. Let's all hope, first of all, that we get out of our houses as quickly as possible. But I think it's going to be a very busy September, October, November, December. I Well, I pray it is anyway, for sure. 
I think it is. But, you know, we're going to have such an appetite for getting together. You know, we need to see each other. We need to do live things. We yes. we, we want to share and there's going to be so much to celebrate. That's lovely. And this finally leads on to the final question for you, Nikki. You've been great today, really informative. And I learned a couple of things too in there, which is brilliant. What advice have you got for hairdressers right now who are, what, what are you doing to stay sane and what are your recommendations for people? I think that, gosh, so much has happened so quickly. It's crazy to think that literally four weeks ago we were all oblivious to, yes. to the reality of what was coming. I think things have happened very fast and I think that people have been very tempted to, to almost panic, dare I say that word, and to sort of rush around thinking, what can I do, what can I do? I think you need to take a breath look after your families your salon family and your salon business first once you've sorted out what you can do with the business if there are any financial things that you can apply for and to make sure your team and your family are safe and well take a breath and think about how you could use this time in a really positive way to do two things well three things really to stay in touch with your clientele it's really important to stay in touch with your clientele, isn't it? And there's been this whole conversation about don't box dye your hair, don't do this, don't do that, which I personally feel is going to be very difficult the longer we get into this because yeah. women will want to feel some piece of normality in a very unnatural world that we're living in. And I think that if we as an industry can look after the clients we have, the ones that love coming to the salon and help them just do little touch-ups around the hairline or little styling tips and things like that, which we're starting to see on Instagram. Yeah. I think that you'll Absolutely. maintain that relationship with them, which is so important. Absolutely. Be their friend. Don't be, you know, don't tell them off, <laughs> you know, come alongside. Listen, I'm going to be waxing my own eyebrows and making sure that I don't develop too much facial hair. So why shouldn't somebody else trim their own fringe? But I think try and do it in a way that's a positive way. So instead of telling them what not to do, tell them what they perhaps can do. So I think that's yes. really important. Keep in touch. Secondly, keep in touch with the hairdressing community. You know, there's no shame in watching what other people are doing, borrowing ideas, feeling inspired by somebody. Um, and then thirdly, use the time to educate yourself and to encourage your team to educate themselves. Everybody's rushing out some online education. It's not all good, so be selective. Just because it's out there doesn't mean it's good. But there are some really good things that you yes. can access now. And, and I've seen some really interesting things being put out free of charge. So do that. And I think also if you're, if you're managing a team of people, try and direct them towards the right education. Because don't just say spend an hour online. Try and show them, you know, why don't you look at this? Or I've seen that you guys should be looking at it. Because it's like everything with the internet. There's a whole lot of space out there. And just because it's online doesn't mean it's on message. Absolutely. I think the product companies have been brilliant in their support of um, the hairdressing community. Obviously, they've opened their education up, which I think is really cool. And I think there are some great online educators. I'm, I'm offering it twice a week for half an hour snippets. Don't want to overwhelm anyone, which is great. Yeah. Um, there are lots of things being offered to salons and hairdressers, and I think more will come out. But I know that we, when we spoke the other day, it's like you can't, we can't, although we're all panicking inside, we can't expect the government to roll everything out within a week. It's a, no. it's a big rollout isn't it? Yeah, be patient. I think there was a lot of sort of anxiety, which I, I totally understand and perhaps felt myself as well. But, you know, the, the government didn't see this coming to such an extent either. They are dishing out 
help and advice left, right and centre and not always getting it right. But there's room for things to change. There's room for things to be added. So just try and be a little patient, I think, and to, to believe. But also, you know, we've got to help ourselves. We've got to do as much constructive as we can. But pace yourselves, guys. You know, don't don't start something if you can't maintain it. That's that would be my advice. If you're going to do an Instagram, don't don't do it every day because you're never going to maintain that. No, no. I just for me, I just felt twice a week, and then I, you know, that was it. That was enough for me to also because it also kept my skill set going and it kept me communicating with my audience, which was important. And the other thing that we talked about the other day was you said about being kind, and I think kindness goes a long long way yeah I think there you know Jack you're a very experienced broadcaster and presenter and there are those of us out there who are used to doing this and being online and being very visible but there are a lot of people who aren't and it's not that easy you know you you have to focus on what you're doing and, and prepare what you're going to say and we all sometimes get caught out we all perhaps say the wrong thing it's like you know a slip of the of the tongue at a party and it's not always you know, just because we've said something doesn't make it necessarily what we heartfelt believe. You've got to give people room to apologise, room to make a mistake and not be so judgmental and and be kind, be gentle with yourself and with other people. Well, I think in this day and age, everyone seems to jump on things straight away. And I think sometimes you need to sort of step back and think about it uh, before you jump on somebody for doing something. Yeah, I think we need to be grown up and um, learn to apologise sometimes and to accept an apology too. Absolutely. Great words, Nikki Pope. Thank you so much (laughs) for coming on today. Um, Really informative. (laughs) And for my audience, my listeners, let's remember about Tribute magazine. Hey, that's what one's certainly to aspire to. And Respect is there for you and Colour World is there for you too. Great platforms. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you very much. That's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favourite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Colour, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor.com. Thank you.